0: Hey everybody, welcome to the X Button Podcast, baby. Today is Monday, the 11th. Psych, I mean the 12th. How is everybody doing today? Let me see the stats on this damn podcast. It seems like, uh, seems like you guys are loving some of these episodes that I've been doing. So I'm going to keep it going, and that's uh, that's all that matters, you know. We're just going to keep this, uh, keep this train rolling. Uh, shout out to anybody from a new country. Shout out to any new listeners, Shout out to the you know original listeners of the podcast. Thank you guys for being here. And we will get right into it. Let me open up my iPad and we can start this party off. Oh shit. Um. Yeah. So we had the state of play over the weekend, or not over the weekend before the weekend. Uh, I had impressions up on Friday. I had forgot to post on Thursday. And I um, I posted it late Thursday, so there's two episodes out. If you have missed them, go give them a check out. Uh, one was a a uh, it was kind of a talk of like what I would expect at the state of play, and then the next episode was what I saw at the state of play. And I just went down each game and um, kind of like highlighted each one and talked about the information they gave out, and, you know, things like that. So if you missed anything from the State of Play, go check out that episode. It was a Friday episode. And uh, we will get right into it. Uh, Yesterday was UFC. Conor McGregor broke his leg. That was dope. Love that. Uh, He, overall, the the card was great. I don't know if anyone here is, like, into uh, UFC or sports or anything like that, but uh, quick notes on it. It was great. I was glad to see a uh, another McGregor card because it seems like the energy is different on those nights, just because all the hype and stuff like that. So, uh, very happy that those nights uh, can sometimes happen again. I know UFC is kind of up and down, uh, but yeah, over the weekend that was great. Uh, what else did I do over the weekend? Uh, I got to try out 120 Hertz uh, gaming on the Series X. And not just 120 hertz. I've I've had that on my PC for a while. I've played a uh, Warzone on 120 frames, because uh, my monitor is 120 hertz, and um, that's been great. It's a weird thing. Like once you get past 60, like 60 is perfect for like what most people need. It's not really sluggish, and it makes it feel brand new, things like that. But when you go when you go from like 30 to 60, it's a big leap. But when you go from 60 to 120, it's not a big leap unless you're playing like a shooter or like a significant game that. Will utilize those abilities better so something that moves fast you know so uh, I was I played a little Forza Horizon 4 on uh, 4k 120 and uh, that looked great obviously I mean dri- driving really fast through the hills and all this shit like it, it, it looked beautiful um, no, no issues really I, I mean the 4k of it I mean If you get a monitor for a PC and you have like a pretty decent gaming PC, you can do 1440, 120, and if you're not a big 4K buff, it's still above 1080, so it still looks great. And to be real, it's not like, I would say it's not that noticeable. If you kind of just make your PC pick up the back end of like the anti-aliasing and things like that, it might, uh, you know, it'll, it'll give you a different experience than just getting that flat 4K image that a console would give you. However, the Series X is the strongest console on the market, and that thing performed very well. I also tried Halo 5, Guardians, looked great, played great. Tried Halo Master Chief Collection, looked pl- looked great, played great. Uh, Will of the Wisps was probably That's probably the best game I played out of all of those. It just the vibrance of the colors. If you have like HDR on. Because Uh, it was my dad's TV. I went over my parents' house to watch the UFC fight and all that. And, uh, my dad had a brand new, I think it's a 75 inch, uh, LG nano cell. And it has a HDMI 2.1 out on it. You can do 4K, you can do 120, all that, all the, all the giblets that you want. (sighs) If that didn't sound weird. And, um, so with all that together, you have the HDR, you have the 120 frames, you know, you have the 4K, you have the size of the TV. That experience is like it's nuts. It, it looks fantastic. I don't think a. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it's the fu- the future yet. Like I don't think that needs to be a thing. So if you haven't had like 120 hertz on your console or uh, had a chance to play it on a TV, because HDMI 2.1 is pretty new, uh, I, I would say. I would say don't like go spend a ton of money. Just upgrade your set to do that because it's it's good, but it, 4K. The 4K I have at my house, 4K um, 60, and it's it's totally fine on my end. Like I, I noticed a difference on my desk TV, but I wouldn't say it's worth upgrading unless you maybe play only first person shooters. Where I have had instances on my PC with the 120 hertz 120 hertz uh helping a lot like it actually makes me see enemies quicker uh you think about all the frames that are used whenever an enemy comes around a corner for those split seconds that's where it really matters so you can see enemies like a, a a hair quicker than 60 frames or i guess double double quicker than 60 frames and that was uh you know, that was interesting to do, but I don't think it's worth upgrading the whole, your whole set just to, you know, just to get that little experience. You should be fine doing 60 frames is all. And 60 frames is still like the, the main thing everybody's using anyway. It's it's not a, it's really not worth it, but um, it was cool. It, it was cool. Uh, moving on from that, the, let's see. So, I played a couple things this weekend, and um, that's basically what this whole episode is going to be about, is what I've been playing. Uh, It's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. My car is still in the shop, so I can't go anywhere. So, all I've been doing is playing games. And one game I played was the uh, next-gen upgrade for Doom Eternal, which I thought was... I thought it was pretty great. I thought the... I did the ray tracing 60 frames mode, and uh doing that dumbs down your resolution but honestly i can't i can never notice it when they they do that kind of setup on these games like if it gives you like a balance mode like if you do what was it monster hunter world on a ps5 you can do the i want to say you can do the fidelity mode which basically di- doesn't prioritize frame rate but it prioritizes having it at 4k however being on ps5 since it's so strong And the frame rate isn't locked on Monster Hunter World. You get on Monster Hunter World and the frame rate is 60 if you do Fidelity mode. And obviously Fidelity mode makes it 4K. So that game looks phenomenal on PS5. Not to mention that the the load times aren't snappy like a a native PS5 game. But it is snappy enough to where it it is significantly faster than the PS4 version. Which took about like 2 minutes to load one little level. Where PS5 is like 40 seconds-ish. So, uh, the benefits of having like those, you know, the faster loads and the the extra frames do help in certain situations. Um, doom eternal being so fast, it looks beautiful. Uh, I think it also has 120 frame mode, which I did not get to check out cause it's on my PS5 and not my series X. So, uh, I had brought my series X over to his house and tried out a bunch of stuff. Uh, the downside was. Doom Eternal was one of the games that were left out, and it was on my PS5, so I got to try that when I got home, and it runs well. I mean, it's ray traced. It's 60 frames. Uh, like I said, I didn't notice any resolution dip, which I'm pretty sure it is lower than 4K, but it played fine. I mean, I don't I don't think my save is down on there anymore, so I had to start over, which is the, the shitty part of it, but uh, all in all, Doom Eternal still holds up, like... If you haven't played Doom Eternal, it's on Game Pass, which I highly recommend. And yeah, you can do the battle mode, you can do campaign, and it's on there. Go try for free. Why not? Doom Eternal is, hmm, it still played well on PS4. Like I I don't think, I don't think these like upgrades, all these upgrades are really needed. And the next thing I'm going to talk about is a game that would probably need it, but. I would say Doom Eternal could have lived without this upgrade, this PS5 and next-gen upgrade. Uh, the main benefit, I think, would be a new trophy list, and obviously, you have to play the game again, but if you've already beaten the game and you played it and all that, and I mean, unless you're like a diehard Doom fan, I don't think you're missing out on much here, If, uh, but I mean, on the flip side of all of this, it is free. Uh, that's the good thing about most of these upgrades is that they are free, unless, unlike the uh, director's cut for like Ghost of Tsushima coming out, and is I'm what I assume would be the director's cut of Death Stranding coming out. So, uh, yeah, the next game I tried out was Final Fantasy PS5, which I had already tried it out before. I think I talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Final Fantasy VII is one of the best games ever made, uh, hands down, like easily. Uh, I think what makes a great game to separate. Uh, itself from like most of the other games, for instance, Doom Eternal games like that, Doom Eternal, uh, Final Fantasy, God of War, things like that. If you noticed, they all have a through line of being like having a world like that's that's the biggest thing they could do is just have a world where the atmosphere, like you look around and the buildings are designed a certain way. The characters are talking a certain way. There are a, uh, not a, you don't need a lot of characters, but I would say they would have to be significant enough to be memorable and immersive, you know? It's got to be, it's got to put you in the world. It's got to make it to where, obviously this is very exaggerated, but make it to where when you put headphones on and you're in the game and it surrounds yourself to where like, even in your peripheral vision, it's just blur. Like you just see the game. Um, I I mean, it happens in certain, you know, cases of media. If you're watching a movie in a theater, that's literally, literally an example that they turn off the lights, you know, you might talk to the person next to you, but overall you are in the movie. That's the whole purpose of the theater. Um, if you're at home, you may not get that full feeling, but one way I, I use to like actually get in there is kind of just like dim the lights, you know, uh, turn up the volume on the TV or put on headphones and just like listen to everything. Listen to the audio, listen to the ambient noise, listen to the people talking in the background and it all like accumulates to like the experience. I think that is what kind of makes games great. When you play last of us, you get that dreary feeling of the story. You hear Ellie talking to you, you hear Joel talking to you. Um, You might hear the clicks of like a clicker in the background or a gunshot in the distance, and it just you're just like, what the fuck is that? Like you're in the game. Um which I, I mean I would I would assume I don't have to explain, like just immersing yourself in stuff. But that is kind of what these good games do, and I think Final Fantasy 7 does that with ease. Um you might get pulled out from time to time with you know, the little anime feels or the quirks of like the writing. But all in all, if you if you're walking around Midgar. And you look up and you see the the big plate there, and it just looks industrial like. And then you're you're walking through town and you're hearing these impoverished people talk about their lives, talk about their family, talking about things that are going on. They're like, oh my god, they said the the plate dropped here before. Da 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 da. And you're literally in that world. Whereas a bad game or a game with less of a world build. Well, kind of just like you walk around, you hear a couple of things, but they're nothing important. They don't feel real. But in, in like Final Fantasy, for example, you're walking around the city and then you can hear people talking about things going on. They're talking about organizations that are that are affecting their lives. And it makes it feel like the world is bigger than just you doing your story. It's it's bigger than all of that. It's literally just you affecting the lives of many in this area. And that that's like the biggest thing a game can do. Final Fantasy does it well, um, for the reason I just said. It's basically a uh, it's a universal thing. I mean, they're talking about events going on. You're doing things that are changing their world. Especially if you like, you're walking through the city at the beginning of the game, and you walk through the city like middle of the game. There's like two different vibes going on. You're getting different dialogue trees. You're not hearing the same bullshit over over and over again for the most part. Um, so it's literally like the world is changing around you, and I know that's probably harder to develop for most developers, but um, things like that make it special. And if you don't have some like gimmick or quirk or uh, you know some charm, something special about the game, then you know building a world is also another way to kind of do that. And I think Final Fantasy does it, uh, Halo does it. You're just walking around, you hear grunts talking, you hear the the charge of your plasma pistol, you hear the the music, the fucking drums hitting in the background. Like, it's all, you know, shit like that makes you just appreciate games a lot more. And I don't know where I was going with this, but Final Fantasy 7 just hits different when it's in 4K, 60 frames. You know what I'm saying? It hits a lot different. It's so crispy, clear, man. Like, so the characters are obviously supposed to be semi-realistic, but also just very detailed 3D anime characters, pretty much. Because their hair is like, who the fuck walks around with Cloud's hair? Some people might. I'm sure there's somebody out there that does. But who the fuck does that? Like, you just go to work or the gas station, you see somebody walk around with Cloud hair and a big-ass buster sword on their back, you'd run away. Like, what the fuck are they doing? But the, um, yeah, seeing that in 4K, obviously you got the intermission, the uh, intergrade intermission. Uh, it's like the side mission for Yuffie she plays completely different than how the main game plays and her story is dope. Like she's apparently a side character in the main game. I've never played the main game like the, uh, you know, the old one and she's got her own personality. The people she's meeting is still building that world even more. Like this is, this game is nuts, man. Like this game is bonkers. You can definitely tell they put so much love and care into the detail of this world. And their characters like I I can't wait I'm only like halfway done with that DLC and I can't wait to see Yuffie in the second part if she is in it at all I hope she is uh and then of course I've like grown so attached to all the characters in the main game that I just can't wait to see them in the next game so it's not just tied to the world but it's also tied to the characters and how they develop them going forward um overall the next gen version of Final Fantasy is fantastic I think uh, like uh, me and my friends talk about it. IGN gave it a ten. You know, certain sites gave it a ten, and they gave integrate a ten, which is the upgrade, and it's for a good reason. You're making a better uh, the a really good game even better. Just you're you're fine tuning it, you're polishing it, and it's like it's shining good, man. That thing is that thing is beautiful. Uh, and, and we can kind of talk about this when it comes to other games too. For instance, another game I had played, which was, um, something that I, I went to, you know, obviously I did my little church bit on here for, I talked about the, uh, kind of my overall experience with the game, which is Watch Dogs Legion. And they released the Bloodline DLC, which I had started playing, and well actually first let me get to the 60 frames update. I touched on it before, but over the weekend I really got to sit down with it and experience that world which is in contrast to Final Fantasy um greatly like it is just you're driving around and you're you're seeing people, you're talking to people, but whenever you walk past like random NPCs for instance, they're not saying anything. When you're driving in the cars, they have some talk radio shit but, and they have some music, but obviously you, you get in a car three hours later and it's the same song that kind of like can chop up the, the experience a little bit for how you're playing it. Uh, so being in that world, it's like, it feels empty because there's not enough soul in it. There's not enough, uh, realistic human traits, if that's a weird way to put it, like, like I said, the NPCs don't really react to what you're doing. I mean, obviously, it's an open world, so if you kill them or if you drive over them, whatever, they'll react to that. But that's about it. They don't say anything to you. Sometimes they will, but it's... And the, and the whole game kind of hinges on the fact that it's a game where you can recruit any NPC that's out there. And for the most part, there are, like, five or six archetypes that are used in the game. Obviously, you got, like, a hacker. You got a fighter. You know, they each one has their own traits. Um, but it feels like there's like five different models with different drastic traits. And then they're just like randomly through the levels of the game. And then you have special ones. Like there's a magician right now that I can recruit that is a, uh, he's like a hypnotist and I can, I can unlock him and use hypnosis on my enemies. And he has like his own quirky gimmick that only he has. So that's the cool side about it. There's like a bunch of those characters that are, uh, significantly different than these run-of-the-mill... Like, I don't know what any of my characters in my roster do right now. All the ones I like have died and have permadeath on, so bleh. And, yeah. And, like, you know, like I was saying, let's get back to the topic. The 60 frames update is pretty interesting. It makes the game smooth. I mean, I, I don't know why they released the PS5 edition without 60 frames. Uh, I'm pretty sure the PC version already did it, so, like... What the hell were they waiting for? But that's you know neither here nor there. That was weeks ago when I did the church bit about uh, they finally released it and all that. Um, go check that out. I don't even know what episode that was. <laughs> but um, uh, all in all, you know, being back on the main game and trying to get back into the mechanics and being back like revisiting the world is pretty nice. Like I know, I think I'm just like in the right mood for an open world game, which there are a bunch I could probably jump into right now, but Watch Dogs is kind of... You know, they just had the Bloodlines DLC release, which I played a bit, and that was kind of like a cue for me to just check it out again and just revisit the thing. And especially at a time where I was, like, going back into Doom Eternal. I just checked out 4K 120 and all this stuff. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, 60 frames is cool. Glad that's there. Um, the game doesn't really look that pretty in terms of graphics anyway, so... Uh, I could think I can live without ray tracing. It's just polishing a turd at that point. Um, but the Bloodline DLC was actually kind of cool. It basically revolves around Aiden Pierce from Watch Dogs 1. Uh, he's the main protagonist of Watch Dogs 1. He's back, and he... I don't even know what his motivation is. He's basically a bad guy. And then there is uh, Wrench, who is the one of the main protagonists from sack in Watch Dogs 2. And... So far at the beginning, which I don't think it's spoilers, I not. I haven't played too much of it, but um, they're trying to get something from this bad guy, Wrench was trying to get it and then Aiden was trying to get it as well, and then Aiden is now promising the bad guy that he's going to help him find Wrench for fucking everything over, because Wrench took the item that the bad guy wanted, so... Um, I'm not really sure what Aiden's motivation here is. I think it sounded like he wanted the item or he just wants to kill wrench, but obviously it seems like him and wrench are kind of cozying up a little bit. I don't know if that's, that's not a spoiler either. Cause they're both good guys in a sense. Um, but yeah, you know, the game is, the game is the game. It, obviously there's not a recruiting element in the DLC. The DLC is a standalone experience and it's, it's all about uh, Aiden Pierce and how he's kind of like, you know, coming back into the fold and he's directly talking to Wrench, which I, I think is so cool. I wish game, more games would do that. Like, that would be kind of cool to see, uh, you know, like Assassin's Creed's characters do it and stuff like that. Like, that'd be that'd be cool. If they did some side DLC mixing the, the worlds together. And uh, yeah, because I, I I forgot where DedSec was in Watch Dogs 2. But I know Wrench was kind of like his own little cheesy character in that game, and in this one it seems like they're dealing with like a serious threat, which is this bad guy, and uh, yeah, they're like they're trying their best to take it down and stuff, and uh, playing as Wrench and Aiden in the main game. Apparently, they have their own abilities, kind of like when you find a significant random NPC person. Uh, it's dope, you know. I I can't complain about it. The I'm not. I'm not. Too far into it, so I'm going to save my full impressions on another episode. Um, because it's its, its own thing, it's, it's if you have Watch Dogs, I think it's like 20, but you can probably find it for like 20 to 15 bucks now. Um, cop it. I mean, it's got a free upgrade for PS5, and it's got this DLC, which I mean, obviously, you probably have to pay for. I'm pretty sure I think I had the season pass, is why I got it, but. Uh, it's separate from the main game, so you can literally just jump straight into Bloodline. It's part of the main menu, which I think is cool. I think all of it's dope. Uh, I'm hoping to see more from their team. One thing I give Ubisoft credit for 100% is they support the shit out of their games, like, full stop after release. Like, it's, they, they pump that shit in. And uh, the fact that Watch Dogs still has more DLC coming, because their, their roadmap showed a bunch. It showed Invasion Mode, which was from Watch Dogs 2 online. That was a blast. Um, I know Groove, Groove, if you're listening, you know damn well we're going to be on that shit. You know, I'll have to copy the game or something. You know, I know. To, to get a little Watch Dogs in. Uh, or Jake, you know what I'm saying? I know you got the game now. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to hit that up. It's, it's a fun little like hide-and-seek type game on there where somebody invades, and you got to figure out where they are. It's a blast. It's super funny. Super fun. I can't wait to try out the online. I know it's going to be um, pretty fun. It's it's out now, but I just haven't really gotten on there yet to give it a full try. Um, so if Jake or Groove, if y'all want to hit that up, or anybody out there, uh, Mystic underscore Maddox, I'm on Watch Dogs Legion, and I can't promise I'll be on there every day, but you know, I'm in the process of trying to find out what game I want to stick to right now, and I'll probably inevitably de- delay it until the release of uh zelda on friday so you know we'll see on that uh anyways i'm gonna wrap it up there i know i was kind of all over the place this episode but you know we're gonna we're gonna bring it back tomorrow uh i should be doing an episode with group this week uh, at some point either tomorrow or the next day so look out for that we're gonna have a nice fat hour-long episode you know what i'm saying i'm probably I'm i'm gonna try to get jay on here too Uh, and maybe twins, like somebody else to kind of fill in these gaps of just my impressions, (laughs) just me, me, me. So thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you guys tomorrow and keep gaming.